1: Hey, what's up, Geekscape? This is Jonathan London. Welcome to a brand new Geekscape. I've got a great guest this episode. Mr. Chris Hardwick of The Nerdist is my guest, and we're going to be talking about Nerdist, the upcoming YouTube Nerdist channel that launches on April 2nd. April 2nd, right, Chris? Yes,
0: sir.
1: <laughs> and uh, basically... It, it, What Chris is all about and the history of it. If you need to uh, tweet us, uh, my tweeter is at Jonathan London. You can reach Chris at Nerdist. And, of course, any emails can go to Jonathan at Geekscape.net. Check us out on Geekscape.net. All right? Here's your episode. Geekscape, Just welcome to a brand new Geekscape. I'm Jonathan Lennon. I'm sitting down with Chris Hardwick, creator of The Nerdist. Uh, but I guess my first, uh, I guess my first exposure to you was from watching Blind Date.
0: I don't think so. It was Blind show. Date. Wait,
1: wait, wait, not Blind Date. But not Blind Date. Uh, remote. I was about to. I was about. I, say, I, was, about, I was about it. to, to fuck with you. you. I was about to say, <laughs> I was about to say remote control. I'm but I know make that's you a joke. Find it. Oh, I would have loved oh. to have done a remote control. Wouldn't remote it be? Job? You could have replaced Adam Saylor. Remember Adam Sandler went on there? Of course I remember. Colin Quinn was on
0: there too. And the late Ken Ober, who I loved. I didn't know Ken Ober was dead, yeah, he died maybe three or four years ago,
1: oh, that just ruined my fucking christmas I'm thank sorry. thank you
0: I know it was sad actually Ken was a wonderful it, guy.
1: It, it wasn't blind date. what was it it was shit chris i I'm not gonna work for it I'm too lazy <laughs> what, what was it it was fuck I, i'm not i I act like I'm gonna get it I'm not gonna get it
0: singled out singled out or shipmates, which was also like blind date what um two shitty dating shows
1: yo how old were you when you were doing Singled out are you okay 22. to say it? you were twenty two yeah and, 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 like, what happened after Singled Out? Because you're the guy on Singled Out, and then they, what was it? It was, like, Jenny McCarthy, then they had Carmen Electra. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You were on there with Carmen Electra, too? Uh,
0: yeah, I was there, Did too. you get
1: along with those girls, or what? Yeah, they were nice. Okay, so what happened after that period? Because the next time I saw you, you were literally performing at that comedy theater on La Brea with Sarah Silverman, Patton Oswalt, and you were doing Hard and Firm.
0: Oh, yeah. It the, was, like, at a Bar charity. 5. Like yeah, above, Bar 5. Yeah, above Acme.
1: And that must have been, 06?
0: Probably yeah that 06. would have been 06. yeah Mike and I were pretty heavily playing at that time okay what happened between that um, well I you know I did a bunch of I did a bunch of uh, failed television pilots after singled out and a bunch of shows that didn't really do anything I did radio for a long time um, uh, I did a couple of movies like I did a Rob Zombie movie and, and then and then and then nothing really like I just I had just kind of a dead period in my career where. I started to go. Oh, I, I think maybe I'm just gonna be the guy who was on MTV, you know. But but in that time, you know, like uh, of course I was doing stand up, uh, but it just you know, no one was really coming out to shows. What was, I
1: mean, what was your mental state at that time? Were you literally like, you know what, thinking about other things that you could possibly do? Or I mean, because you're still know. a young guy, and, like you still got options. Time. <laughs> I've got have got a buddy who used to write for Geekscape. He uh, still does occasionally, but he went to UCLA, and he, and he said. Uh, cause you know, there's, there's like the reverse geek thing where they're like, uh, this guy's the nerdist. He speaks, he says he speaks for nerds. Or like he's representative of like a big ner- group of nerds, but F this guy, he had a show on MTV. What does he know about me? Does that make sense? Like, like, you know, that sentiment.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Of course. I mean, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that the group that you think is going to be the most open-minded, which is the nerds, right. because you know, we were tormented the most right. for things that we loved. You'd think they'd be open-minded, but then a lot of them are actually super protective and judgy, and it's like, you know, the the MTV was not representative of who I was. It was just a job I had. Like, you know, you ask most of these guys, like the same nerves that'll get mad at you, like, "Well, what are you doing?" They're like, "Well, I work at a Best Buy." Is that who you are? Right. Well, no. Well, then why would my job dictate who I was? Like, you know, was something I did when I was 22 years old. I, you know, was like, it was either that or. Do or uh, or yeah. not have a job, like right. you know. So and if you're going to have
1: a job at 22, that's the job to have. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So why fault you for it? <laughs> the, the the thing that that my buddy said was when he went to UCLA, he would see you at a bar in that period, and he's like, you know what? I saw Chris at this bar at that period, and I won't fault, like fault him again. He said it, it fucking got dark. <laughs> like he he said he looked at, like you know what I mean. He said that, that you were there drinking. Is that true? Like like that you had that period
0: where you're like, oh yeah, Fuck
1: direction list.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just part of, uh, you know, not really knowing what to do and sort of, you know, kind of having the alcohol gene. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I was I was in Westwood drinking way – I was way too old to be in Westwood drinking. Right. But, at, but at the time, you know, it was just – You
1: girls ever watch MTV? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: never – you know, fortunately, I never – I don't think I ever said that. Um, but, uh, I mean, I was still pretty – I mean, I was still pretty hard on myself right. at the same time. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I was drinking every day and just like, you know, I was just occupying my days with getting drunk and being bitter. And then, and I guess right around 2003, I kind of was like, you know, I don't want to be this guy for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. And, you know, because the shitty part is like, like nerd geek, they're, they're all cool buzzwords now. Right. And they get used a lot. I use them a lot. And, and
1: people pander to it, people which is, pander the, to is it. the most painful thing, you
0: know. Um, but you know, as I've said before, when I was growing up, it was it was not a it was not a cool thing to do. Like I was just into the things that I was into and I, you know, had no social life. I had like two or three friends which I was, you know, were my friends because we were in chess club together. Where was this? It's in Memphis, Tennessee. Because yeah. we were in chess club together and in the, in the computer, you know, computer lab and
1: <laughs> doing turtle and shit. Like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we were, you know, the stuff that we were doing in computer lab at that time was all just text based.
1: Right. So Richard Garriott was like your fucking hero. Well, my my like, hero did you play was Ultimate or what? Uh, Ultima or what?
0: No, I, I my, my game was Zork. Like I love uh-huh. this game called Zork, which was a yeah. you know a super fun text based adventure game. And uh, and so I, I just, you know, I, I rejected all that stuff in my 20s because I was never popular and I always wanted to fit in with other kids and I never did. And you know, so here I am, I get this MTV job and then I, I now I have all these kids that I fucking hated before that were now wanting to be my friend because I was on MTV. and so, so what do you do? And so well, I, I rejected all of the nerd stuff publicly because mm-hmm. I just, it just was not a cool thing to do, and I was trying to, I was trying to find this other identity to fit in, and it just didn't work for me. And so uh, You were living a lie. I was I, really will, was. I mean, I really was. It's funny. I moved to, well, I moved to Los Angeles my senior year of high school. My my mom and my stepdad moved out here, and my neighbor was this kid who was like, you know, one of the captains of the football team, and so my first exposure to high school in Los Angeles was you know, this kid like invited me to like a, a bunch of parties where it was just like football athletes and cheerleaders and whatnot. And so I really felt I always compare it to like when Millhouse moves to capital city
1: mm-hmm. and
0: he tries to like, he tries to hang out with the cool kids and it, it lasted, you know, what I realized is that you, you can't sustain what you're not for too long. Cause right. I mean, it lasted like maybe a month and then I just couldn't, it became painfully obvious that I was not into sports or any of that stuff. Like, I was into comedy and sci-fi and tech, and I could, didn't connect with these kids at all, and so I, <laughs> they quickly disposed of me.
1: If they were to make that into a movie, that scene would be you coming home from a game, finding the old Zork cartridge box, and Zork turning to you and being like,
0: hey, Chris, where you been? Shut up, Zork. Like, <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> no. yeah. You're my old friend. Yeah, and then so the same thing happened in my 20s, and then... Um, you know, it just—I was trying to be this thing that I wasn't, and it was really hard. And then in two thousand three, I decided, you know, I can either—I mean, drinking is really a choice; it's a daily right. choice, like or any kind of any kind and of. And is it something that abuse. you're still
1: like, are, like, do you go to like an AA? Are you still a part of it? You don't, but but it's something that you, you're—it's a disease. And you're, are you conscious of? How, do you have it? Like, like I'm conscious you,
0: like, of it. I'm conscious of it, and I respect how powerful it is, and I think that's why. I mean, you know. Teasegate gets fucking serious right off the bat. That's fine. That's fine. I'm happy to talk about it. I mean, I thought this shit would be funny. No, no, (laughs) it's fine. I I like. I mean, I like talking about this stuff. I I think it's good because I think you know other people who maybe are struggling with some of the same things. If 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 my fuck ups can help other people feel like they're going to be okay, then I'm I'm totally happy to talk about it. Yeah. But um, you know, I I guess I you know every day I I, you kind of go, well, or at least in in 2003 when I made this choice, I said, you know, I can I can stay on this path. You know, no one's going to stop me from drinking every day. It's not illegal, um, or it's clear that I have a lot of focus. It's just mm-hmm. all been focused on drinking lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it was focused on you know, on video games mm-hmm. and 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 stuff like that. And so, in two thousand three, I kind of just I just purged myself of all that and said, "Okay, I'm." going You gonna...
1: remember the moment?
0: Yeah, I remember. Where I were remember. you? I was. Well, I had been seeing a therapist because. This girl that I'd been dating was like, you know, it's clear that you have a problem and you don't want to deal with it. So, mm-hmm. you you know, rather than just quitting, a lot of people think that they can just quit doing whatever they do and that that will solve their problems. But it really, you have to, you have to try to uncover why. It's really a symptom. Uh-huh. And so I was seeing a therapist at the time and I went in one day for a session and, you know, I just looked awful. I was fat and gross and sweaty and she was like... <laughs> You look like shit, and you need to just stop drinking today. Wow. And I don't know. It just, it was the right time for me to hear that. And I kind of just went, oh, yeah, I guess I could just literally stop today. And that was the day that I stopped. (laughs) And um, that was uh, October 8th, 2003. And, you know, what I began to uncover was all all of the other stuff that, all the other baggage that went along with it that I hadn't been realizing for so many years. Like, You know when you when you drink all the time, or you do any sort of substances all all the time, if you abuse anything, it sort of stunts your emotional growth because you're just not. It's a crutch that you use to kind of numb yourself to anything, and so you know I I had this kind of arrested emotional development that was you know for for ten years of just drinking all the time, and so you know it was really hard to learn how to to deal with things and emotions in life um, on just. And really be okay with the fact that like, sometimes things suck.
1: I'm just going to point that. Did my microphone slip? Yeah, well, your microphone started getting sad, which was oh. like, like, as we were talking, your microphone
0: goes, like, I'm going to I don't want to record man, any of this. this man, is this buffard. guy's really
1: taking it to me. I know. Um,
0: but um, yeah, so so you know, in 2003, I, I said, look, I can either just be the drunk guy who used to be on MTV. Because you would die. I would die. You would have died. Sure. Like, I, at the level that you were drinking... Well, I was already kind of dead inside. <laughs> so, it really would have just been a formality at that point. Right.
1: But, but, but with their health, like, were there moments where you were like, dude, I just feel like, shit. Like, physically, this yeah, yeah, is of course. destroying me. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And so, how do you dig yourself out of that? Because at that point, it's not just an emotional battle. It's not just a mental battle. At that point, it's a physical battle. And, and the thing is, guys, those of you who are skeptical of Chris's book, The Heart, uh, it's the nerdest Way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes I was skeptical. Like, I got the nerdist way in the mail. And I was like, ah, oh, this motherfucker. What, what's his guide? Get an MTV show at 22? And you understand right. that sentiment, right? And, so of course. Yeah. And, and I've been, on Geekscape, I've been like, what is all this nerdist stuff? You know what I mean? Because it almost comes out of nowhere. Sure. Right? And so you can see how, a, a, like, a geek would be like, wait, this can't be right. This can't be sincere. These are the girls who were on the cheerleading team who all of a sudden dressed up as Emma Frost. You know what I mean? Right. And and so where the fuck do they come from? Absolutely. You know?
0: I understand it. But, I, I, but listen I, to I, what I'm you're a, saying
1: now. Like, I don't think anybody could fault anything. Because you're saying it in yourself. You came out of nowhere almost. You were in this fucking Empire Strikes Back moment of your life. And then you were like, okay, it's time for the yeah. training montage. And
0: I guess, you know, I guess it's also just a you know the thing that i would say to people who are listening who who, who want who judge me or judge anything like right. we you know part of the problem with our culture now is that because of the explosive ubiquitous nature of the web and information and data at all times people i think part of the ways that our brain deals with trying to process so much information is that we just have to make quick two second judgments about everything.
1: And because of the the information that we have at our fingertips, we assume
0: that we're authorities. Of course. Yeah. Because that's very empowering to to write people off or but go not necessarily correct. F- it's not correct yeah, at all. Like
1: look at Wikipedia, the fucking factual of errors course. on Wikipedia. We become our own Wikipedias.
0: I still do it all the time. Right. People want to go, ah fuck that guy's ah, fuck that guy. You know? But then you said it before we started recording, Chris. Uh, it was rude. Oh shit. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean that. But you know the thing that I would say to people is that you know if you want to survive this age you really have to understand that that everyone has a story where everyone's a human being and we forget that because we're used to seeing avatars (laughs) and you know there's a depersonalization that occurs when you're staring at a screen and looking at something because you're not interacting with a human being so it's Mm -hmm. easy to look at a picture of something and go fuck that piece of shit
1: and that's who they are i feel like most people
0: spend a lot of their days accumulating frustration and rage and anger and looking for vessels to unload that on mm-hmm. and i am that vessel for people a lot you know like i see on twitter people just go like i hope you fucking die how do, like, you
1: do, how do you deal with that shit because it would wreck most people it d- you well listen you, I, you have accumulated some form of a, of a no i would love what? to tell
0: you that i that i am enlightened enough that after you know after 18 years of seeing that online sometimes that i'm immune to it somehow but it really bums me out. It bums oh, me yeah. out from a human standpoint because I feel I'm sorry like, we did that. No, it's okay. <laughs> Cuz I feel like why would you think it would be okay to say that to another human being, yeah. you know? And then and then you kind of realize that, you know, much in the same way that I have turned things or people into vessels of to unload hatred, yeah. to just sort of it really is just like a pressure release mm-hmm. that um that's sort of, that's sort of what happens. So when 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 people say like you know, if people say like, "Oh, you just came out of nowhere and you're doing this nerd thing." It's like, "No, I was always this guy. It's just there was no, you know, except for the period of time in my 20s when I tried to reject it and then ended up coming back to it. There was no real outlet for it before the last 10 years." Right. Um that you really could do anything with. And so it's it was just a, you know, I had all of this <laughs> I had all this nerd stuff built up in me for so long that it just it just kind of exploded out. You can use the metaphor. When man. I when I <laughs>
1: you can use the obvious metaphor. I don't know metaphor. what you mean.
0: Um, it just sort of exploded yeah. out, and you know, and, and in two thousand seven, I I said, you know, I said to my manager, like, I, I don't want to work on things that I don't care about anymore. I only want to pursue things that I love, and those things would be, and I didn't I didn't necessarily say nerd culture to right. him at the time. I said like, you but know, it's your
1: voice, and you had to make your voice clear. Yeah, ahead. I said
0: I want to work in science technology. Um, You know, uh, sci-fi, just anything in those in those worlds. You know, I'd look at the Discovery Channel and go like, "Why am I not hosting shows Mm -hmm. on the Discovery Channel?" I have, you know, at that point, thirteen years hosting experience, and I I love the subjects. That's what I want to do. And You no longer looked like you'd been soaking in water for five years. Exactly. (laughs) I I had I had I had dusted off all the late night pizza and booze weight, and uh, that's some of
1: the stuff you talk about in the book too. Like like people who are wanting to transform their lives. Like you know, that's the one thing. That I thought the book was really great at was saying, "Listen, man, let, let me be modest about this. These are just tools, but you have to, you know, this is how you transform your life. And, and I'm doing it in like a funny way, but there's a truth to it. I've been through this.
0: You know what I mean?" It is. It really is. I mean, I'm not an expert. I'm just a guy who I fucked up a lot, and and I sort of and I use those. I mean, I, you know, I think the essential quality of what it means to be a geek or a nerd now is not it. it, it you can't teach it. Like it's not. It's not what people are into, but it's how intensely they are into those things mm-hmm. you know and I, I I believe that what makes people geeky or nerdy is that they try to understand something better than anyone else on the planet you know like that's yes. that's that's sort of the because you know a lot of us were not physical beings growing up i mean like we we didn't live. Oh but a we super, fucking super tried. physical lifestyle, but we tried yeah but 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 the only way that we could exercise power is through depth of knowledge, yeah, and so that's I think that's the essential quality of what makes people nerdy, not whether or not they watch Star Trek or whether or not you know you know they can quote everything that jeff johns has done mm-hmm. or you know like yeah it, it really is it, it's about and the
1: internet is hurting that like there was a day when the only way you knew how to beat a certain adventure game was you beat it you figured it out and you beat it now with the internet everybody has become those authorities i remember
0: the only way that i figured out how to be dragon's lair in the arcade was <laughs> hanging out at the arcade and yeah. watching other kids play and, and go oh you're supposed to jump left it there cost and then <laughs> it cost about
1: 75 dollars in the end you spent hundred dollars trying to figure that yeah. out and now you and know, that's a hard-ass game
0: it was, it was a game, unless you could get the patterns, then you could...
1: Yeah, <laughs> once you get the patterns, and you can now, like how crazy, you can get it on a fucking iPad. Would I know. We, would we ever have thought that there was a day where you could get a Don Bluth game
0: like I, know. I got Space
1: Ace on an iPad? I got
0: Space Ace on the... Space Ace I had trouble with on the iPhone because it just...
1: Too small or what?
0: Yeah, well, also because the timing of it, the... the, the, the you're the, blaming lag? Is that what you're doing here? I'm blaming <laughs> the fact that the virtual joystick does not respond... Oh, I hate those ...as things. quickly yeah. as, the, uh, as an actual joystick. Right. And so then not only you have to contend with, that's a whole other layer of no, that I, handicaps I, you.
1: I, if there's not a plug-in joystick, I don't think I'm qualified. Yeah. I just don't think I'm qualified. So tell me about this uh, channel that launches on April 2nd, like this YouTube channel. Because I talked to Felicia Day at WonderCon, and she ain't here. <laughs> she knows geek, she's been on Geekscape. I told her, I was like, you have a channel to promote. Why don't you come on back? And she said, oh, I'm looking forward to that. That would be cool. She'll come on. She
0: ain't here. Felicia, She'll come on. I, I, I actually think Felicia is probably going to have one of the most successful channels of, of the entire YouTube exercise.
1: Well, you and she have intensely acute audiences. Like, what, what do you think was the key to building that audience? It's really simple. It's the, it's the
0: simplest key in the world. Right. We are a part of the demographic that we are making programming for. And so when it comes to programming our channels... All we have to do is just put on stuff that we like. Right. That's it. We just put on things that we want to see exist in the world. And that's literally
1: the only thing. Like, like, the people who are bummed out like that Kids in the Hall aren't doing Kids in the Hall right now, it's like, well, why not? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uh, like, uh, for instance, Farscape. Right. I've been wanting to get Rock Neil Bannon on... Uh, I, I named Geekscape after Farscape. Oh, that's awesome. I, okay, okay, like, okay. I named okay. Geekscape after fucking Farscape. Because that's my show. Like, there's the Trek, there's the Star Wars... And, of course, after, well, 1999, when we'll talk about it, I had to find something new. And Farscape was the shit. Yeah. And Farscape continues to be the shit. The comics are good. It's like, You know, Rock Neo Bandit has such great shit.
0: Well, we're we're putting up the minisodes and of Farscape. That,
1: I, I, I freaked out Brian Henson at the New York Beach Film Festival. I was there, and I had my film playing. And I went up to Brian Henson, who was doing a double screening of Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. And I went up to him and was like, so, rumor is you've got webisodes Like, I could barely talk. Yeah. Because... I was such a farscape fan, and the thing that I heard about Brian Henson after the fact was he 's really not into that sort of thing like 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 fans coming out to him and just kind of being like uh. oh really like that 's what I had heard and I was like i don 't know that's if that's abs- true. Well, I hope it wasn 't because because no, I, I was like true. holy shit brian 's a really sweet guy I never geeked out on people like i i 've never geeked out on somebody like I geeked out on Brian Henson that day
0: <laughs> no I, I, he's, I found him to be a really good cool. guy, like a really sweet guy and and you know, I've 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 geeked out on him so hard about Henson's stuff, and he, they, they're still our channel partner. Right. Like you know, so right. that didn't scare him away. Like he, you know, he understands. He understands how, how what it what it means to people. So I don't I don't think that's I don't so think nerd that's like weird.
1: me. What would you tell me about the Far Escape minisodes? Nara- well, narrative or like what is it?
0: Well, you know, uh, p- part of the interesting challenge is. You know, we have library content. Like we we have mostly original content, and then we have some library content like From Broadway. From Broadway, like we got we got a bunch of kids in the hall episodes. And so like Broadway video
1: is Lauren Michael's deal. So he's got just droves of this stuff. Of course. Yeah.
0: And so the challenge is, you know, you can't just put up stuff that people have seen before and be like, well that thing is here now. And so the the challenge is how do you make it interesting for people. So I try to think, well, as I, like for the kids in the hall, Mm -hmm. well, I'm a huge fan of kids in the hall. What would, what would I want to see? And then I thought, oh, well, you know, DVD extra type stuff. So we'll show a classic kids in the hall sketch and then I'll interview the kids and then we'll add on like another two minutes after this, so You can watch the eradicator sketch. Is everybody involved? Yeah. uh, Actually, we didn't get Scott for some reason. Scott wasn't around, so we didn't get Scott, but we got, we got Mark and Bruce and Kevin and Dave. Okay. And, um, and so, like after the Eradicator sketch coming out of that, it's like a minute or two of me, of Bruce explaining like how he came up with that character and what the shoot was like, and just more background information. I love that. But giving people the content they want to see first, and then that's just a bonus feature at the end. And so I think we're trying to do the same thing with Farscape: is is do some extra, like you know, cut the episodes down into like minisodes mm-hmm. that just sort of get the essential information of each episode and cut and, it and way the blu- down. Blu-rays
1: exist. Like if you want more, like yeah, the if you blu- want to watch the whole thing, then you can get the Blu-ray. And,
0: and <laughs> Um, and then and then try to get these extra components out of it, so that people can kind of, that fans can really kind of get a behind mm-hmm. the scenes peek at like, this is this what this happened here, and this is what this meant, and this you know, and especially with a show like Farscape that was so just intricate,
1: mm-hmm. you know, in
0: terms of puppetry and makeup and and, and that and, show was incredible. Yeah, so you know that's that's what we're experimenting now with, and and hopefully hopefully, I mean it's. Again, it's something that I would want to see, so I hope other people do. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You just never know what people want.
1: We put up the uh, show list and descriptions that you guys have put out at WonderCon. We put them up on the website. Yes, uh, thank you for that. I and appreciate And, of course, that. you guys can put them up on – like, go to Nerdist.com. You guys have them up on there. The The date is November 2nd. April or, or 2nd. April 2nd. I don't even know what time of year I'm in. Uh, <laughs> I April, have that all the time. Oh, it's it's out of control. I don't know uh, what day it is, have, what city I'm in. I have recorded episodes that I'm waiting to air. Like, we had uh, – the directors of American Reunion. We're going to be putting those up next week. And now, now I'm like my episode or, episode numbers are out of order. Do yeah, you like that? Yeah, Where I know like, what you mean. Because we, I'm going to sit on that episode until American Reunion's about to come out. Yeah. And, and John and Hayden recorded it before WonderCon.
0: I've done two episodes since. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I, I I totally understand that.
1: Um, I, yeah, I lose track of of time. But guys, it come it's coming up this Tuesday, the second, correct? Yeah. Uh, I think Monday. That, that's a Monday. Monday. Yeah, Monday. April first so, is the Sunday, and then Monday is April second. So 2nd, yeah. Monday the second, uh, and in literally subscribe. Like, like, what's it like working with the with Greg Nicotero and like those guys? Oh, for Talking Dead. For Talking Dead, and and they made you into a zombie. Oh my
0: God! Well, Nicotero is like, he's such a nice guy. He's such a cool guy, and he, uh, the zombie process the zombification process mm. was so amazing. I'd been through zombie makeup once before. Uh, Different, just oh for something shit,
1: other. is that some of those like 20, like that 10 year period where maybe you made a movie you're not proud of? Is that what you're talking about? No, 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 you no, 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 I did, like not get I did not get zombified, I did not get
0: zombified. What's the
1: worst movie you were part of? That you, I mean, come on, you gotta talk about it.
0: Oh, I can't say. You can't
1: because you're still friends with some of those people or what?
0: Yeah, there's a movie I did that it was a super under the radar, sort of like sci-fi movie that was that like...
1: You gotta, but you still put it on and shit now and you're like, like joking about it, right? <laughs>
0: well, yeah, of course. Do you have it on DVD? I don't have it on DVD. You'll Get it on DVD. I have, you know, but I've done so many. But be- is my uh, my friend Rob Hubel, who was in Human Giant, did mm-hmm. this amazing live show at UCB for a while called Shit Show. Yeah. Okay, so you would bring in we the. We had
1: Paul Shear on the show. You had Paula, so okay. It's like we, so you would bring in we the, know the worst they stuff. The shit.
0: Yeah, so you bring in the worst stuff you've ever done, and then you all sit like everyone sits around and makes fun of it in front of it, which is so much fun to do because mm-hmm. I have done some shitty, shitty television.
1: And we do gauntlet like
0: like we like we
1: like that's what I call a gauntlet movie where not we don't just show one, we show like four or five. Oh, gotcha. If you fall asleep, you get fucked with, but these movies are painful to sit through, <laughs> you know. Um, and so it's one of those type of movies that you made.
0: Yeah, it just wasn't that great, it's and like, I was gross at the time. I was still heavily drinking, and I was gross in it, and you know.
1: The best approach I heard was Bruce Campbell. Uh, Bruce Campbell to a fan who was trying to ask him why he does those sci-fi original movies. Bruce Campbell goes, "Simple, you pay my mortgage, dickhead. <laughs> like, like you, like, you pay. You know what I mean? Like, you have to continue to have a job, right? Like."
0: yeah i you know i always you know i always looked at all the bad television shows i did and i always in my head i likened it to like if you were a vampire and you were stuck on a ship you know like a transcontinental ship and you were living in like the <laughs> you were you were living in the engine room stowing mm-hmm. away and you were eating rats to survive. Like, that was sort of... That was your period. That was my period. That, that, was, was, my rat, that was my eating my rats to survive, period. So,
1: so, so Talking Dead, we had uh, Scott Gimple, who's a supervising producer and writer on, on Walking Dead. We had him on the show. And, uh, and I asked him, I was like, okay, there's a shitload of talking in Walking Dead. Like, yeah. a lot. And people are like, okay, well, the comic book, there's a shitload of talking there too. But if it's in a comic book and it feels slow, you flip the pages faster. Right. If it's, in a, if it's in a in a show, and I understand on a show there there's just a lot of talking sometimes. Uh, you're going to sit through it. Is it necessary that after a Walking Dead show, which we already joked was called Talking Dead because there's yeah. a lot of talking, that there's more talking? Like like what is your challenge there? How do you find facets to talk
0: about? that? I, there's no challenge at all because right. it's like you know, as a fan of things or a fan of like shows that you love, that if you're really into a series or you know or a movie or whatever, you're going to call your friends right after and and just like and just parse it out with them. Yeah, yeah. And and try to deal with it and so show not every show needs an after show but a show like like Walking Dead or you know that, that has just like there's so much there's so much stuff going on mm-hmm. in addition to this comic universe of Walking Dead which is different than the television universe of Walking Dead and just trying to figure out what's connecting where and who's doing what and all that stuff that it really it's almost like therapy. It's really just like Sorting through the emotional experience, you just toll had. that it took on you. Yeah, what do
1: you think it means? Like, remember Lost? What do you think it means? Exactly, remember like
0: you know, when when like maybe season three or four of Lost, you know, you'd watch when the show was super like super. Uh, there was like some weird conspiracy going on, and then they would run these. In, in the middle of commercials, they would run an ad for the Hanzo Corporation, and mm-hmm. then it had some sort of a code, and you'd go online. You know, it was all that ARG stuff. Yeah, and I love that. Story. You know, I would, I would call my friends and be like I found this one website, and there was this thing, and there was a video that some you know, like all that. You, you, got all you sort through it all, and so that's what we do, and we keep it lighthearted because, um, you know, obviously it's not. It's not real drama, like it's not real world. You know, people are actually dying. Drama. Yeah, so but for geeks, it's always to take had. it too seriously yeah. would almost be like, okay, come on, it is still a television show, but it's still we love it so much that it really is just sorting through all of that, all that emotional stuff, and <laughs> and being able to laugh at it a little bit, like how intense it is, like, and have fun with it because it really then
1: seeing when it deviates from the comic, yeah, when it's, it's flush with the comic.
0: The show's a drama, but at the core of it, it still should be a fun experience, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what we do on Talking Dead, is we just try to help people sort through that and figure out, and I only watch the show week to week, so I don't really know what's coming he up. We had
1: Matt Moak on. Yeah, we Matt had Matt, Matt, yeah, we had Matt on our, from the Zombie Research Matt Society. Matt Moke was on two months ago. I love Matt Moke. Yeah, he's great. I think, he's, I think the stuff that Zombie Research Society does is so fucking scary. Yeah, and the project I was talking to you before we started recording, like that's the approach I want to take with my piece. And, cool, and like, like because for me zombies, there's just too much like going on right now. There and is you a lot to be really
0: selective about what you go for. There is, there is a lot, and you know, but just because something happens to be sort of uh, like a topic happens to be very front and center in pop culture, doesn't mean that there aren't good versions of it. Right. It's you know something good happens around that thing, and then fifty other people try to copy it. You know, like it's not, it's still really good. Mm-hmm. Just because you know, because zombies and vampires. Uh, you know, I mean, this is how you know that the nerd culture is doing well is that all of our soap operas have zombies and werewolves and vampires. Isn't that fucking in them crazy. And so.
1: Although we're getting a damn Avengers movie. What is that? You know, about? what's really fun like, though. What is that about? We're getting a fucking Avengers movie. You still have to pinch yourself sometimes as a geek because well, when, when
0: you were eight, that's all you wanted. I think it's. I I think I think Joss is probably did an amazing job and i can't i'm so excited to see it because again like if it sucks what do you do well <laughs> I'm, I'm just not even thinking along Remember lines
1: when we were so pumped for spider-man 3 because the trailer looked badass and we had heard the stories about the
0: production being a little rushed i mean i i understand i think i understand what happened with spider-man 3
1: I, yeah we, we had uh we had the 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 uh effects supervisor on and uh and scott and he's a friend of ours and and, yeah, they needed
0: another year on that movie. Well, its I, I don't think it's even... I mean, that may be true, but... That I, movie was rushed. I also feel like, you know, like Sam Raimi, these guys spent 10 or 12 years with this franchise, right? <laughs> and so I think as, as filmmakers, because I think the audience is partially to blame, because what happens is people, you know, constantly expect the next movie to up the stakes in some mm-hmm. way. And so it just, you know... One and two were really good, and part three just had sequelitis, where it's just like, well, now we have to have five big storylines going right. on at once, and they didn't need five big storylines. They could have just focused on Venom, Sandman, or they could have focused on Sandman. Yeah,
1: Sandman just seemed like it was more personally intertwined with something. I mean, he had a he had an arc. He wanted to, you know, he it's the Sandman arc. He just wanted to get a cure for his daughter. But to focus
0: on to focus on Sandman and Hobgoblin and <laughs> fucking and Venom then, um, and like a whole relationship, like two relationships, and you're having
1: to make the movie for a distinct uh tent pole date which which is the, also kind of a danger
0: yeah, when you get the tent
1: pole and you're like oh man I just see the finish line and I've got to make it you know it's coming I, up quick
0: I do think Avengers will I think because Avengers is designed to be that Avengers, that it'll yeah. be okay but in general I just think you know these these film companies like they just need to I think they were thinking about too much from a marketing standpoint yeah. and unfortunately which is how inter, a lot of entertainment works now and I think why a lot of entertainment is starting to lose ground to di- to to digital culture because you know with digital culture we have the power to just make things that because we like them because we care about them mm-hmm. not really thinking about well but how are we going to market this in indiana like yeah. we just fucking make stuff that we like but you know Spider-Man Three. It's like, well, we have this third movie that's you know in we got to put Venom in it because he's got fans. Exactly. No, no, so no, we no, have no. to do as many things as possible to create as many. No, you're casting the net too wide. Exactly. And here exactly. You, you've,
1: you've got this channel launching on Monday, and y- again, you can only you only go after what you're interested in. Is there anything you, you didn't get when you went out to look for shows? Is there anything maybe Felicia Day stole from you, or um, is there, are there any shows you were like, fuck, that creator's just not available, or he's working on something else you didn't get, but you're gonna. You're going to wait and hide Well, first and,
0: it. and foremost, I would have wanted to get Felicia, but then Felicia <laughs> got her own channel um, and then yeah, there were a couple like uh, like Veronica Belmont, I wanted to do something with Veronica yeah. and I wanted to do something with will because we've been friends for 20 years. yeah and um,
1: when I was doing a show on revision three, will was finishing up doing a show there. Uh, did Veronica Belmont ever do a revision three show?
0: Um, yeah, yeah. Veronica yeah. Belmont does, yeah, she does, she does a couple.
1: Like that was back in
0: 06 when we were doing the
1: show. On yeah. Record. Veronica's always
0: been on that. Like Veronica was podcasting in like 05, you <laughs> she know, like podcasting. she's, she's just, she's, she's as authentic as you can possibly be, you know, and, and such a sweet girl. And, but you know, what, what Felicia and I both realized was that we're not in competition with each other. Like we are, we're, you know, we agreed like right off the bat, like we are united in this effort, and mm-hmm. you know, if her channel does well, then that's good for me, and if my channel does well, that's good for her. We're doing a ton of crossover,
1: and people can watch more than a five, one five episode. Of course, episode they can. You and, know what I mean? And, like, and beyond,
0: I mean, because there's so much, because there's so much bullshit nerd culture in the world, they want
1: that, you guys to fight. They, they've turned into a horse race, or what? Well,
0: no, no. I, I feel like, I feel you guys like, fight. I feel like we're <laughs> not gonna fight. It. You should should fight. Kick what my are you afraid ass. of? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I feel like, you know, we need to do the best that we can do to make. You know, authentic stuff rather than hey, we're just trying to hop on the bandwagon. Yeah, being sincere is what's going to hurt it. What's going to put put you guys backwards? Yeah, it's not like it? we're not a big company with a marketing department. It's like you know, there seems to be a lot of money in this nerd culture thing. Let's uh, let's uh, try to market some things towards this demographic. It's like we're just making stuff that we care about, yeah. and and beyond that, you know, I love Felicia and I love Will and I love Veronica and I, and and I just as friends, I want them to do well because you know it's it's exciting that. We all are sort of in the same boat of people who were, you know, after kind of rejected by mainstream media. And so we all kind of went, well, fuck you. We're going to make our own things about things that we care about that you can't touch. Mm -hmm. And so it's exciting to see people doing that successfully. Like, it makes me happy for them.
1: Would would you ever realize that you're at, uh, like, some form of a critical mass as far as entertainment goes and be like, you know what? I'm going to cash in some of these chips and I'm going to do something mainstream, like – uh, I know, and I'm not I'm not considering the BBC America versions of the the Nerdist to be mainstream, but something like uh, a film that is just kind of outside of the current wheelhouse of what you guys are doing here.
0: You know, I had this I had this formula that with with, with my manager get yourself
1: cast in an Avengers movie.
0: Right, oh, fuck.
1: Let's go, Hank Pym. Oh Let's my go.
0: god. <laughs> uh. I'm, yeah, well, I'm, I'm. Just be a shield. I'm agent. friends with David Lindelof, and I was like, you know, listen, if you need a red shirt, the new Star Trek, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Come on, man. It didn't happen. You got to pay me back for that lost ending. Let's do it. <laughs> but uh, what, did, what did, did. does he tell you about the
1: lost ending? Like, what's his excuse on that one? You fuck well, with them, don't you? you no, you've got to fuck with him. Come on. No, 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 accidents. no.
0: There's, there's no, there's, the, you know what? I think they did. Whatever. <laughs> they, they, you know, they did what they needed to do right. to, to get out of the show, and you know, it's like. <laughs> They had one season, basically, all of a sudden to, like, wrap up all what, these, what, what? All these <laughs> right. crazy, you know, like, things that they had put out there. So I don't, I don't fault Damon for that. I, I think mm-hmm. he did a way better job than anyone who would have complained about that show. Mm-hmm. Um, Can but, you imagine? Do you ever one day when the nerds are up on their hate, do you ever one day be like, all right, let's see how you do it? You know, do you ever
1: d- want to just fucking be like, okay, here's the seat. Go sit in yeah, there. Yeah, that's the thing it.
0: is that, that, that people judge, but they have no... You know, they context. have no sense. I am so much more forgiving now of, like, bad movies and stuff. <laughs> right. Because I know, like, it's fucking hard. It's hard to make stuff, and it's hard to make things good. And you do the best that you can. And so when people are dismissive on Twitter or in comment threads or whatever, they're like, oh, this sucked. And I'm kind of like, you do – or when people tell me what I should do differently with the podcast, I go, well, number one, it's free. <laughs> yeah. Number two – that's That's what I say. Number two – you do it then. You, mm-hmm. If you have such great ideas, and, and I mean that sincerely, like, you stop being a critic and be a creator. Like, go do something This is the ultimate democracy. But, like, um, at the end
1: of the day, this is the ultimate democracy. If you don't like
0: how it's being done,
1: you can, for all you can do, person, it yourself. You do it yourself. Yeah.
0: Or, or don't listen, but don't complain. Like, right. I just, I see, I, you know, some people just want to complain, and there's no <laughs> construct of anything. They're just like, the audio on that sucked. I'm like, you, well, what you sh- you,
1: what's you your point? You fight those people.
0: <laughs> fight those people. Some days I would like to. But but by and large, people are not that way. It's, you only see the loudest complainers. Right. You know, Most people are just like, dude, I'm not going to waste my time with this. Like, yeah. I don't
1: like it. I'm going to move on.
0: I mean, anger is more motivating to people than joy.
1: And, and that's how it's always going to be.
0: Yeah. That's but, just, and that's fine. That's and, and you fine. also have to understand that a, a large percent of these people are, are very unhappy. And then mm-hmm. you feel bad for them. You're like, ah, happy people don't think to go out of their way to get mad about non-life-threatening issues. Like, they just don't. So they're not going to
1: make you a red, They can make you a red shirt.
0: Well, yeah, no, it didn't happen. But but but, that, but but sort of going back to what you, what yeah, you asked, in, what you asked me before is I had this formula. So in 2007, I said to my manager, like, I only want to work in these areas right. unless it is a network television show where the money would be ridiculous. But I would allow me to take that money and fund the nerd enterprise that I really want to work is on. Is that kind of what
1: you did when – did G4 pay enough for you to be able to do that? With no, the, with no, the, no, the, the, no. The no. And I didn't
0: work there long enough. I mean, like, I didn't work there enough. But, I was there four years, but... But the I, I audience was, that
1: you got from that, do you think... I mean, is that what you segued into the, the beginning of Nerdist?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... You know, uh, I made this decision in 2007 that I was only going to work in these sort of areas that I cared about. And what happened two weeks after I made that decision was I ended up getting this job to host a show for Wired magazine on PBS called Wired Science. And from Wired Science, which I was in heaven on that show... Yeah. Um, Nerd. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but we only got to do ten episodes. Oh shit! And so, but that, but working on Wired Science started, you know, like helped kickstart this path of, you know, then I started contributing to Wired Magazine, and from working for Wired Science, that got me a guest review spot on Attack of the Show, and uh,
1: climbing bag, the
0: yeah, climbing bag. That's the that really, montage. That's that when Rocky's in
1: really Russia. It really was,
0: and it just, it just got me into an area where I knew what I was talking about, and I cared about what I was talking about, and I was very comfortable. And but I had always said like, you know, I, I will take a network hosting gig, and I did a handful of pilots. They just never got picked up because the money would be so good that it would allow me to fund some Robin Hood shit. Yeah, I mean, it's sort it. of like yeah. it's, it'd be sort of like the Wayne Corporation yeah. funding yeah. Yeah. all of the <laughs> Batman activities right. unknowingly. Yeah. And, and so it, that, that's really that's really what it was. And ultimately, I never got that job that made that happen, but. You know, I, I put as much money into all the Nerdist industry it, stuff as possible. If
1: somebody comes to you and they want to pay you for a tweet, yeah. does, it, does it happen?
0: It ha- I've done it and, in the past. And then, and then you,
1: and, and you, and you can get, like, people can hear you say, admit to that and be like, oh, fuck this guy. He's insincere. But, well, always, but are you doing the same thing? Are you taking the money and then being like, A, I'm going to be as honest as possible in that tweet. Yeah. Beyond, be, uh, up to the point of possibly losing that, that, that gig. And then I will funnel that money into what uh, these kids love
0: that's exactly what i did and so and people hate you for that or they, no they, they didn't actually i mean like a percentage of them did but a percentage of people are going to hate you no matter what you do <laughs> so so what happened
1: was <laughs> let's be very clear these are motherfuckers who are sometimes sitting in their basements dreaming of life on other planets and they they won't even fucking leave the home so what's the point of their life yeah, they just want to tell you how planets? much like, you suck and holy so shit
0: you know I, so yeah so i guess i don't know maybe three years ago or something like that you know this company called Adly came along and so their their idea was that they would they would pair sponsors with people with large twitter followings and um and so the the money was so ridiculous that it that Adly no longer exists well <laughs> they're, they're still around you can give um, money
1: all you want until you're poor
0: but i haven't done a paid tweet in ages and ages and ages and and and, and i think i've startup capital right there i think i only did like Eight ever, eight or ten or something <laughs> or like scrubbing that. Scrubbing
1: yourself in the fucking shower outdoors. Like. Because I because
0: I understand because I understand the audience of people that were following me, and because I would want someone to be honest, I was totally transparent about it. And mm-hmm. I wrote a really long post on the Nerdist website, and I said, "Look, I'm going to start taking money for tweets. It's not because I'm trying to take advantage of your mm-hmm. time. It's because I, you know, now I have, you know, now I have an editor on the website. Yeah, and I, to and I need to pay him, and I need to." You know, like my goal is to constantly give people, um, my goal is to constantly give people uh, free content. Mm-hmm. So, the, the but that costs money. You know, it costs yeah. money to give things away for free. And I don't ever want people to have to pay for that out of their own pockets. So I yes. said, please just allow me this and know that when we get sponsors on the website or the podcast or on Twitter, it's not to take advantage of your attention and your and time. And some t-shirts. It, it's, <laughs> like, so that, it's, it's so that we can fund this enterprise, you know, to do stuff that we really care about. And it got hundreds of comments, and almost every single one of them was like, of course, like, you know, so... so I didn't have to tell us, Chris. We love you. Well, they were very cool about right. it, because I was honest with them, and they know how it works. But the deal that I made was I would only ever tweet about stuff that I probably would have tweeted about anyway. Oh, shit.
1: Why not take some money?
0: And so not only that, but I also had a deal with Adley where I said, like, you have to let me write the tweets. I don't want people to see, like... Ten of the same exact sponsorship tweet going out because that just feels insincere insincere. so let me say to my own words right because i would care about this thing you know and they were very good about only offering me stuff that i that i would have tweeted about anyway Mm -hmm. and so you know it happened a handful of times and it did help fund the thing and you know i didn't fucking go buy a yacht (laughs) you know like all the money all the money is you uh, guys are seeing
1: it on the website yeah, like you guys are seeing it in the brand. Like, I walk in here, guys. I came over and literally, I think that this is either the same building or right next to the same building that View Askew used to be in when we had Kevin Smith on the podcast. <laughs> and, and Chris, like, you had no idea, but it literally was on this street. It was one of these two houses.
0: That's amazing. And
1: um, and and you have employees, and you've got people who are helping make this channel and this site better. And and they can't work for free. No, they, we have, we have at lots this of level.
0: We have lots of employees. We have we have we have interns who were donating their time at the theater at meltdown who i gave them a show on the channel
1: yeah we got this kid ben dunn yes Do you know ben dunn ben dunn's a geekscapist. yeah of course of course i know ben And ben dunn is doing that show when is that going to come out nerd turns i don't know when nerd turns nerd interns
0: yeah i don't know when nerd turns is launching but it's a very kind of larry sanders kind of show about Ben,
1: ben asked me if i wanted to direct an episode and i said yeah but you get it really bad in that episode that's funny that's the, that's the law. Well, you, you have know to. You that, Ben? You have to. You get it really fucking bad. You have to crack bad. down.
0: You're not going to want to put that shit on your reel, but I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, we have people at the theater that we're paying. We have people at the channel that we're paying. We have people at the newsletter that we're paying. I have people on the website that we're paying. You know, I, I I pay Matt and Jonah on the podcast. And so it's just, you know, you can't, at some point, you just have to, like, all that money has, and when I say all, it's not even that much. No. but. You know, like redesigning the website to, to create a better UI. That was tens of thousands of right. dollars. Like, it just, you know, I don't think people really under, I no, think.
1: At, at the Geekscape booth at WonderCon uh, last weekend, I, uh, my producer and partner in Geekscape was going to come down. And so I had the check from our advertising for that last quarter. Yeah. And I took the check and I showed it to the people who helping me out with the booth. And I said, guys, like, if we keep doing this and it keeps to grow, this number will change and then we can start doing something, you know, financially for this, right? But 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 this is the reality of what we're working on here. Yeah. And until we get to that critical mass where we're something of a financial substance, let's just keep doing it, and, and let's just. That's let's just how you know doing you're it.
0: doing the right thing. Like I, you know, I did stand up for years and made zero money for probably eight years doing stand up comedy just because I loved doing it, and that's how I know it's the right thing because. I wasn't making money, and it wasn't rewarding all the time, but I still did it because I wanted to do it. This web stuff, I mean, you know, I'm not making a ton of money off Nerdist, but it, I but I love, you know, like... I is
1: where you were going to do a fucking website anyway. Well, I you would... You know what I mean? Like, I honestly, you going to do a blog anyway, because you're just into that.
0: I would way rather do what I'm doing and put stuff into the world that I love than if I if I had the choice between doing this and making a fuck ton of money, like, hosting, you know... Uh, Some reality show. There's no. There's no question that I would rather do what I'm doing now and make less money because I just get to work with people that I love and I get to make things that I want to see exist. And so, I I just I do stuff and I don't really think about the money. I just go, well, you know, if it works, then the money it'll sort itself out at some point.
1: And you know, hope. I hope.
0: Yeah, and then I, you know, I take TV jobs to supplement that. But fortunately, lately they've been TV jobs that I actually care about, like Talking Dead or Mm -hmm. the Nerdist TV show.
1: So how much does it grow? Are, Are you conscious? Okay, so are you conscious of how much it's grown, how much it can continue to grow, and not overreaching? You know, like like you're casting a, a net for an audience, but if it goes too wide, they're just going to be swimming through. it. Does that make sense? Does that metaphor hold? Like, yeah, no, it does. Like, but but I think you, you know, can't do things that aren't you.
0: Yeah, exactly. But we're casting. You know, like it's looks. So how big do you think this can get to
1: where it stops? Like feeding on new audience members, you know what I mean. At what point do you reach that critical mass of, hey, man, these are all the geeks?
0: Yeah, I don't think we're anywhere close to that yet right. because there's still there's still a lot to be done, and it always just boils down to translating what you do onto different platforms. And like, you know, maybe we've reached, you know, like if, if I don't know if we have, but if we've reached a critical mass in podcasting, that's fine. We, you know, like we've branched into television and. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if we've reached a critical mass in that, which we certainly haven't, there's still the web video content, or there's still, you know, like I, I want, to, I want to have like an imprint, or, or, or you know, or you a record call it, label. Call it an
1: empire. <laughs> call it a fucking empire, you <laughs> evil bastard. Call it an empire. I just, think, I, wa- dude, he's like totally holding his fist up like Vader right like now. Like this, this motherfucker. Ain't for, holy shit, you are evil. Well, my <laughs> favorite, you know, like
0: my, my favorite game for the longest time was. Um, were uh was like sim city yeah, you the, know the rts's yeah any you of those know, games are like games? you know like i was so into warcraft one and two and yep. starcraft and
1: remember the old dune 2 game yeah the, where where i mean that fucking game was amazing where you pick the house and it's basically you're going vertically up or down a uh, a map and you have, oh, to, you have to gather spice i think it was the second dune game and it was early '90s, late late. It was probably early '90s. You controls
0: the spice, controls the
1: universe. It was intense.
0: Well, I, I just I love those building games, and so yeah. you know I, I realize that that's ultimately what I'm doing. That what I what what I what I'm doing is. But now it's people. <laughs> <laughs> but, but now it's people. But I like, can control with, their lives. But with You're podcasting, fired. <laughs> with podcasting, it but was, I have kids, Chris. Ah, uh, they'll be fine. <laughs> um, give them spice. Uh, but with with podcasting, like I realize. I mean, you know, when I started this podcast network, it really wasn't – there was no nefarious, like, I want to control all the podcasting. It was just, hey, Kumail, hey, Pete Holmes, you know, you guys are super funny, and this podcast has changed my live show business, and it will change yours too, and I want you to have this experience. And so, you know, but also allow them the opportunity to, like, hey, because you have a podcast, like, you know, let's turn the indoor kids into a video show, and maybe you could tour that, or maybe you could turn that into a book, and it's just giving people – ways to keep doing the stuff that they love rather than having to take jobs that they don't want to take.
1: You find a voice you like and you help it get just reach more people. You enhance it. Yeah, of course. It's fun.
0: A- across different platforms and right. and that to me is fun. I mean, it really is just like a big fucking house Harkonnen, cards, motherfucker. It's Look like, at a, this it's, shit. like a, it's like a big chess <laughs> game, you know. And it, and it and it doesn't always work and, you know, like I don't know if our YouTube channel's going to work. Well, what
1: have have you had failures? Of course. Like, like oh what, my God. what were the ones where you're like, "Oh shit, that was an overreach or that was in the wrong direction or" I
0: mean, I've made, you know, I've made videos before that I thought, "Oh, this is going to be great," and then, you know, just not a lot of views or, you know, I've I've uh. But I have kids, you fired those people, didn't you? I <laughs> fired all those people. Yeah. Fired them, we can kill them now. <laughs> that is how powerful I've become. Just tape it. Maybe <laughs> we can make a show out of that. We need content. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've had more failures than successes, way more. But I think that's why I appreciate the successes so much, right? Because I know, you know, I know what it's like for shit to not work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've, I've had so many failed television shows, failed pitches.
1: Failed kidneys?
0: I L- not. No. Nope. You were close to a liver. No. if I was. You were close to a liver. I was very close. Well, I was still young enough that, you know, if I had continued drinking for another 10 or 20 years, that would have been a problem. Right. Uh um, would have died like Elvis. But right? I quit early. But I think I was able to nip it right in the bud. Like At the pre-heroin early. stage. Yeah. I did not get to heroin yet. Did but think.
1: you were thinking. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay. So, so where do you see it going? Where do you see it going? We we're talking about building. Like, what are what what are some? If you want to share with us, what are some of the strategic things that you'd like to see it go in the direction of more TV shows? I would like what? to
0: see more TV. I would like to see, I would like to see everything become a sort of a seeding ground for every other platform. Like taking a podcast and developing it into a web show, which turns into a TV show, which can turn into a book, which can turn you know, or. Um, I, I love the, the the touring idea as well because we're mm-hmm. we're having success touring the podcast. Maybe doing um, you know a, a nerdist kind of a con or a festival that's devoted to like craft making. And, you know, the
1: Penny Arcade guys did. The yeah, packs, they've done an amazing
0: know? job. Penny Arcade has done an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what what I've noticed is that a lot of the fans of the podcast like, they come to shows and they make the most incredible like crafty art and I pictures. Saw a tape
1: and, of cocks.
0: Someone made a cape of dicks. The Dix, cape of yeah. dicks.
1: Uh, Yuri Loenthal. do you know the voice actor? Yep, yeah, I like, know Yuri. I was playing D&D with Yuri. It uh, was part of a, a thing at Meltdown and Yuri had this cape of cocks and I was like, what the fuck is that? And he was like, it's a cape of cocks from Nerdist. And I was like, Holy shit! That's fucking... Yeah. Like, why do I have to touch it? No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's like, well, why am I <laughs> why drawn it so to it? Why is its power? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So like, a, like a craft con where everybody just kind of
0: comes and. Well, I love going imagine? to craft fairs, like yeah. like Renegade Craft Fair or whatever. It's like, fucking you, nerdy, I love go, it. You go and you <laughs> see <laughs> some nerdy shit, Chris. Yeah, because <laughs> you you really see like people create some amazing things. There is no pandering at those places. seems no. like Like, that place, that is some fucking. Pure I cannot shit. tell you that how is a much pure cocaine of nerd right there. I can't tell you how much art I have. That I've just bought those things and I have nothing to. I don't. I have nowhere to put them. You know, I just have nowhere to put. put what is that? that a, what's
1: that robot in front of your computer? Oh, know. this. Yeah,
0: this is a robot that my friend Gabe uh, Gabe Diani and Etta Divine made. They did a uh, they did a version of Huck Finn called Huck Finn Robotic Edition. Oh, That's cool. It was. They're, they're comedians, and so the joke was that there was a controversy about how they wanted to pull the N word out of Huck Finn, and a lot of robot. educators saying like, No, no, this is literature. You yeah. can't just change it. And so they did this thing where they go, Well, look the idea is that in this book they were objectifying African Americans and so let's, let's, let's change the book so we can objectify something that people will be comfortable with. So they took out any, any racial reference in the book and made it like robot android. <laughs> and so this is Robot Jim and they actually crafted it they, they launched a Kickstarter campaign and raised a ton of money. They made that's these fun. beautiful. That's the book up there. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and they did an amazing job with it. So it's the have Fan Robotic Edition.
1: You have a, a, a made TARDIS. You've got all sorts of stuff. Okay, so when's this CropCon going to happen?
0: I don't know. But I mean, <laughs> we have to get through the channel launch first. The right, channel. Right. Channel and course of the Force are going to be the two big things that'll our, dictate our, our lightsaber relay run. Yo, this lightsaber Comica.
1: relay run, like like you guys in the Nerdist News guys, are planning this this lightsaber relay from L.A. to San Diego this summer, mm-hmm. and and you, in, in you actually pay into charity in order to keep the relay, like keep the lightsaber for how far? How far do you run? A quarter this? of a mile. That's a, that, Now you're just saying that geeks can't run further. No, I'm not. That's some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> why do, why did what okay, listen, what if I wanted to run five miles of that thing? You could buy five you could buy all the segments. But that's just pretty expensive, isn't it? Like how much is a segment?
0: A segment's uh five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars to run to make run, a wish.
1: Co- okay, goes to make a wish, but how, uh, come on? All or, of that
0: money goes to make a wish.
1: But you think these nerds have that money, like like these, these kids? A lot of people do. Okay. But you know why? Because because Do you think they're gonna checker it? Like nobody's gonna wanna fucking run like the like the southern part of the OC because it's just like <laughs> there's nothing there. Well and, first and, of all here's the thing, what if I put out a jihad the Geekscape is trying Steal the lightsaber mid route and replace it with a red lightsaber. Uh, what if we put out a jihad, like a Jedi? What if a Jedi pops out of the fucking bush, like a Sith pops out of a bush halfway through this relay and starts attacking the person running?
0: Well, the the Sith I hope would have powers of the Force because he might get tased by security. Oh shit! You guys have security. There'll right. probably Scra- Scratch yeah.
1: that plan. I think it would be fun because the, <laughs> because then it's not in the, just running a quarter mile. You're not gonna fucking break a sweat.
0: But some people will break a sweat because well, they'll be in costume.
1: But if you get some Siths like strategically planted out
0: there, I think we got to do something to like up the stakes. There could be something like you that. You know, like up the stakes. There maybe could, we could up the what stakes in that way. I think you know. Uh, I think that'd I think be think fun. The money is a tax write-off for people, and I feel like. You save up money, like if you, you know, like most people will go to one main con, major con a right. year, and they save up money for that, and you know, this, you know, that, that run money is going to to make a wish. Make a wish. Right. So it's not like it's not like we're saying, hey, give us five hundred dollars so you can run this thing. It's like you know, you know, give give money to this great charity and sort of celebrate your your geeky heritage uh, along the way.
1: And you might get attacked by
0: a Sith. You could get attacked by a Sith.
1: What do you think? Think about the photo op. That'd be so much fun
0: gonna have to have we're gonna have to have fucking like jedi escorts
1: i love those things but i love those things you know like the zombie 5k runs like i do this oh, yeah i do the yeah. spartan race which is fun
0: yeah and like you do all these hurdles and stuff like that like you know spoof it up zombie walks are great what do you think i'm i'm i, I think people are i think people can <laughs> come in any kind of cosplay they want
1: no and, and without fear of getting injured by somebody running <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly <laughs> so 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 that's that's the focus guys And this monday Okay, April first, uh, April second, April second, this Monday, you guys are gonna be launching. How many shows?
0: Uh, I think we're only launching. We're not launching all the shows at once, but I over think. the
1: course of the next month, next week,
0: we'll we'll be launching. We'll be doing twenty five shows over the course of the next year. So okay. in the beginning, I think we're leading with like five shows. And the
1: only way you know about it is by subscribing.
0: YouTube.com/nerdist.
1: And uh, and that's what I want you guys to do. Okay, like guys, this is Geekscape, where of course, like I don't. I don't, uh, you know, like I don't do the fake shit. So uh, (laughs) we came out hard on Chris. We talked about the real stuff. We got Chris to open up. We got Chris to show how legit he is. So the least least you guys can do is go and subscribe on this YouTube channel because that's the only way you guys are going to start seeing these shows as they start coming out.
0: But truthfully, like it is... The subscription thing is very helpful to us because I think that's part of what will keep this initiative yeah. going.
1: That's how YouTube gauges the initiative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And
0: so, you know, if we have enough subscribers we'll get to continue to make this content and if we don't have enough subscribers, maybe people don't want to see this, then we won't. Okay. So that's why subscription is really, really, really important important to us. Okay, and, and and I I recommend that you subscribe to Felicia's channel as well, Geek and Sundry.
1: Well, when she shows up on Geekscape, <laughs> <you>. <laughs> we love you, Felicia. I think we talked about dolphin porn last time she came on Geekscape, so oh, she that's was nice. like, she so we'll see, and she thinks I'm a cheeky bastard. And we'll just see. I love you, Felicia, and I hope you come on the show. And we definitely want to support your channel. But you know what? Chris beat you to it. Um, Guys, (laughs) this is Geekscape. Uh, Again, you can follow Chris on Twitter, at Nerdist. I'm at Jonathan London. we got all sorts of stories and stuff at geekscape.net. We're going to continue to do a lot of the Nerdist cross-promotion with these guys because... You know, we've got a ton of Nerdist fans on the site who are really, really big Doctor Who fans, too, because that's something we didn't even get into because I don't even know where to fucking start with That's Doctor a whole who. separate episode. And um, so honestly, guys, at Jonathan Lennon, at Nerdist, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, next week we're going to have a new episode with John Hurwitz and, uh, and Hayden Schlossberg, the directors and writers of the brand new American Reunion movie. And we get personal there, too because John and I went to Penn together, and so we can say some really personal shit whenever they come on the podcast. It's one you aren't going to want to miss. All right, guys, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Chris, thanks for coming on. I salute you, GeekScape.